and welcome back to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. We know it's been a minute, but we are back. We're recording 1st of March, no less, uh, yet we're still going to be discussing titles released in 2021, but that's all going to be boxed off tonight. We're going to settle down for the next couple of weeks. We're going to, you know, for your listening pleasure, review all kinds of comics that have been out for months now. I mean, how great does that sound? So it's going to be myself, Alan, owner and operator of Coffee and Heroes in Belfast, and of course, joined as always by Mr. Keith Miller. Good evening, sir. How are you? I am all right, all right, can't complain, uh, feeling a lot better than I was a good deal of the weekend, particularly Saturday morning uh, and also on Monday, I got a, I got a good night's sleep uh, last night and, uh, and I'm feeling, feeling a lot more at myself. Yeah, well, it was it was obviously a big weekend there. Before we jump into reviews, we'll we'll just have a a quick sort of check up on uh, how everything stands at the moment. But yeah, no, the the weekend I know was a big one for you. you had some obviously some friends up staying with you. you that that pressure to entertain, got to be out Friday night, got to be out Saturday night. Of course, we had the small matter of entertaining Mr. Declan Shelby over that weekend as well as we had a, a great signing in the store there on the 26th of February. Great turnout for that. Uh, but, you know, being a good Irish boy, that man likes to have a few drinks and uh, we, 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 we like to keep him company for it. We certainly do. We certainly do. And we certainly did. So yeah, we had Declan in the the store over the weekend. You know, we had a three hour signing on Saturday. We sometimes you don't know with these things. You don't know have I advertised it enough? Have I got the word out enough? Do enough people know about it? Obviously, we had to reschedule a couple of times due to one reason or another. And then with it being a three hour sort of window for Deck to sign, we thought you know, is it going to be busy enough to justify all this? But you know, delighted to say it was. I mean, there was a there was a, if you know the the layout of Smithfield, there was essentially a queue from one end of the hallway to the other when we opened the doors. Uh, which was, you know, a not insubstantial amount of people. And then it was just continuous for the, the two to three hours after that. Deck was in great form the whole time. He very kindly did some sketches for the first 10, uh, the first 10 customers as well. And just, yeah, it was a, it was a delight of a signing and then a, a fun night out afterwards, shall we say. Although I did get into some arguments with both Deck, well, discussions rather than arguments with uh, Deck and his friend Jamie as we discussed the merits or lack thereof, from their point of view, of uh, Zack Snyder's uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder's movie. So uh, it was it was it was spirited debate, spirited debate. Yeah, it was uh, it was great fun. Um, uh, obviously, you and Vicky were both very busy in the store and whatnot on on Friday, so I was able to to grab him at the train station and take him on a on a black cab tour of Belfast. One of the uh, you know he was uh, very interested in, in Belfast's you know modern history, as it were, uh, you know, on that. So. Uh, we had a good a uh, good afternoon there, and and then uh, obviously a couple of pints that evening as well. Um, so yeah, we're really, 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 really personable guy, really lovely fella, and such a talent, such a talent. Yeah, he's got some uh, big things on the horizon, which keep an ear on the podcast and an eye on the YouTube show and an eye in the store, and we'll certainly be doing our best to make sure you're fully aware of everything he's got coming up. So, so yeah, so we had that. It was always good just to get another signing uh, sort of on the books for the store, obviously with lockdown and the pandemic and restrictions, everything else it's proven troublesome, but it's just great to come out that other side to, to a certain degree and be able to, to host those kind of events. So, you know, hopefully we can make it a more regular thing. We shall see. Uh, and then the one other thing just to chat about quickly just before we jump into the reviews is it has finally arrived in the next couple of days. The Batman movie I have been waiting on for years at this point because of delays and pandemics and lockdown. Damn you. Uh, is out this Friday. I'm delighted to say Vicky and I are booked in 8pm. Uh, anybody comes into the store, this is your warning. You ruin anything in this movie for me. A lifetime ban. 
No debate. <laughs> no debate. Don't care how big your pool list is. You're banned for life. Simple as that. So uh, just uh, just just be wary of spoilers if you see it before me anyway. But no, I, I, I can't wait for this. I mean, it's... I'm I'm as excited for this as I was on the day of Spider-Man No Way Home, and it lived up to expectations, exceeded expectations. Uh, so I'm really hopeful that this will do the same, albeit in a very different way. You know, Spider-Man movies are very popcorn, joyful, uplifting things. Batman tends to be more about darkness and pathos and everything else. So, yeah, very very much looking forward to it this Friday, though. I uh, really can't wait, and I'm sure we'll be back with a. a a spirited review of it, shall we say, similar to uh, what we did with Spider-Man No Way Home. Once you've seen it, of course, because I don't think your excitement levels are quite at the same level as mine. Um, I am um, really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I got over the uh, my initial sort of reaction about, you know, Robert Pattinson. You know, I haven't seen how he's developed as an actor over the last few years. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm look- I am looking forward to it. I feel like it's, I mean, I know you're talking about delays and stuff, but I still feel like it's come around really quick from the time it was announced to, you know, the time it's, it's out. I mean, I was surprised whenever you guys said, oh, we're booking for the for, for this Friday because I was like, oh, it's out ready, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'll be looking, looking forward to it, um, I think. I won't get to see it this Friday or Saturday. I already have, already have plans, um, but uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Don't you worry. Well, don't worry. I will extend that uh, ban to anybody who tries to spoil it for you before then as well. So. <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. You know, you're, you're part of the Coffin Heroes family. You're practically part of the furniture. You know, you're, you've been a staff member many, many times. So uh, if anyone spoils it for you, they, they get the same treatment. So <laughs> I'll be sure to let you know. But anyway, we're not going to date this recording any more than we already have. But yeah, we're... We continue to talk about it. We we have our OCD nature. We we want to make sure we review everything that's coming out. We want to make sure we we give a spotlight certainly to the titles that we enjoyed back in December. You know, the Christmas period. Obviously, people are busy. You just moved house. Big family occasions. But we still found time to read loads of good stuff, and therefore we wanted to make sure we talked about it, spotlighted, and of course, if it comes to it that. You like the sound of what we're talking about in store. We'll always do our best to source these things for you or advise you when, you know, graphic novel collections, etc. are coming up as well. So, but yeah, we're going all the way back in time. Back to a a simpler (laughs) time, the 22nd of December, 2021, a a few days before Christmas. And uh, it was a pretty big week for, for both of us. And I have to apologize to Keith right now, mentioning Christmas in March. This is just, this is unprecedented. You're, you're mentioning Christmas retroactively rather than an expectation, and I'm all right with that. Okay, we're we're all good with that anyway. But yeah, it was a big week for both of us. Interesting enough, you had a bigger week than me by by quite a few actually. Well, normally our pull lists are maybe one or two apart, but you you've got the March on me this week. But my titles total twenty five. Uh, understandably nine DC titles I had five Marvel titles and as usual Indy was my biggest one with 11 but I also had a hardcover this week as well which was from Vault Studios called Barbaric brilliant brilliant so almost like a more grown-up version of Conan uh, well maybe just a more sweary version of Conan I don't know but <laughs> swords and sandals and sorcery and a lot of fun um, but yeah 25 for me what about yourself what were your totals this week uh, 30 totals for me uh, four of them were DC, twelve of them were Marvel, and fourteen were indie. And I can know you, you know around Christmas the titles tend to get unbalanced as things are delayed until until after the New Year, and you know you've got those sort of double shipping weeks or weeks that don't ship and whatever else. So so actually we're sort of uh, we're 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 going by the, the skin of our teeth here as, with regard to to when things are were released, and uh, certainly these are the weeks in which we we got them. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely fair to say. I think with sort of worldwide shipping delays at the moment and paper shortage and, and all sorts, there can be weeks that maybe they were due out in the States this week, but we don't get them until the following week. So it's uh, it's always a case of maybe double-checking some of those release schedules. But, but yeah, amongst all that stuff, there was some great stuff this week. I mean, I went back and forth at least three times on what my pick of the week was going to be this week. All three of them, interestingly enough, were uh, DC titles, but uh, I think you'll I think you'll be happy with my pick of the week because it might have even been yours if if I hadn't have taken it. But I'm going to kick things off with indie though, and a title with that we've spotlighted quite a few times on the pod before it reached its uh, conclusion this week in the 22nd of December, and it was a title called Eat the Rich. So this was a five issue mini series. It was written by Sarah Gailey and art by Pius Back. And again, issue five was the end of this original horror title from Boom Studios. And I thought we were treated to a very grisly but wholly satisfying conclusion to the series. To the series, So, you know, the crux of the story had our main character, Joey, going to meet her, her boyfriend, Aster's family, who all come from privilege in this uh, place called Crestfall Bluffs. And what she's learned over the course of the story is that wealth and social standing can pretty much hide any personal horrors and indulgences from public view and also the rich people really get up to some sick and perverted things and enjoy and they really enjoy testing the limits of both the law and basic humanity so i just thought the art and writing for the series was extremely consistent it was of a really high standard the whole way through and you know it's going to be hitting trade very very soon we we've plenty of them pre-ordered so make sure to pick it up and and another thing is we always say to you know follow creators and i'll definitely be keeping an eye on what the creators sarah gailey and pious back come up with next so yeah great horror series all around i thought and i'm quite a wickedly delightful ending to it i thought so uh you were on this as well weren't you yeah i really enjoyed it likewise uh totally agree with you um it was and right up my you know, the social commentary of it was right up my street as well. You know, the, the difference in rich and poor, uh, both in, uh, you know, the have and have not, and also the, the perception of what's right and wrong, you know, the moral ambiguity, those sorts of things. Really, it was really interesting, really interesting series. Yeah, and, and again, just a, a really beautiful book to look at as well, despite all its uh, horrific imagery along the way. So, so yeah, Eat the Rich number five was my first honourable mention for this week. What about yourself? What uh, What was the first one for you? First one for me is from Image Comics, and that's that Texas Blood number thirteen. So a return of uh, you know another mention of that Texas Blood, uh, something that's a, a stalwart on, on on both our lists. Um, this one issue thirteen was a self-contained uh, that Texas Blood Christmas tale that manages to carry, I think, the suspense and the visceral tight storytelling that we'd come to expect from this finest of all series. Uh, while all the time still being a delightful holiday story. Um, Chris Condon sort of pivots off the darkness of the, the 1981, the ever, the, uh, the, the 1981 arc and the, uh, and the town's ritualistic cult to tell, as I said, a self-contained story uh, of a previous sort of sheriff of, uh, of the town and his eventual downfall. It immediately sets itself as a one and done story by employing this Freeman technique uh, of using the, the 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 police station office Christmas party to carry on the current sheriff's tradition of telling a ghost story before the holiday. So the 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 current sheriff of that Texas blood, uh, as a younger man in 1981, tells tells the rest of them this this story and and does so perfectly. Uh, you of course read this as well. Oh, absolutely, and I, I like that uh, idea actually of this being a maybe a new framing device they can actually do on a yearly basis. 
Uh-huh. I mean, that Texas blood, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked and talked and talked and talked about it. And the reason is it's just so damn good, whether it's telling a six issue uh, story arc, whether it's doing a nice one off, almost, as you say, ghost story, which was uh, really, really interesting, I thought. But it'd almost be a good, not, not that I would want the, the, the original creators to step off it, but this would almost be a good one. You know, the way they do it with crossover sometimes or they do it with some other indie titles where they can bring in other can, mm. other creators to uh tell their version of this story and yeah i'm i'm a big that texas blood mark i have to say it i'll be curious to see if this is collected in trade is the one thing because so far we had one to six and then seven to twelve and sometimes when you get these one shots they might not be contained so just something to keep an eye out for yeah i mean and while while this pivots off of um of the the last story arc it's, it's by no means part of it you know what i mean it's kind of them chilling out after that horrible tale yeah, uh, I guess. Um, but yeah, don't be giving uh, Chris Condon and Sean Phillips any ideas about stepping off that Texas blood. Alan, just uh, just less said, easier mended. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good point. Maybe I'll take that back from uh, being out there in the universe. So, <laughs> but yeah, that Texas blood number thirteen, great little one shot. And if you ever just want a little bit of a an idea of what the series is like in terms of its style, its mood, its art, its storytelling, you could definitely do worse than uh, picking this one shot up. I guarantee you'll be hooked and then you'll be starting at number one with the first trade. So that takes us blood 13. Now moving away from the indie side of things and over to a DC title. And I wanted to give a shout out to Catwoman number 38. So this was written by Ram V and art by Casper Weingard, who's, who's known for homesick pilots very, very well. But, the reason I wanted to showcase this was because this was the Ram V era on Catwoman sort of coming to an end. And boy, does he wrap it up in style. The uh, the final issue here takes on mainly a flashback style narrative as many loose ends from the series are tied up, motivations and actions are explained and accounted for. And it leaves Selina in a really interesting way where new writer coming on, Marvel alumni, Teeny Howard, coming across the DC for this one, you know, can pick up the reins and pretty much go off in any direction they like. And... You know, I would have happily have had Ram stay on Catwoman for as long as possible as he has elevated this title massively. He's focused on utilizing Selena's smarts when it comes to planning and executing heists while making sure she never falls back into a full life of crime. You know, she's Ram very much portrayed Catwoman here as more of a Robin Hood-esque figure who takes from the haves and helps the have-nots. Great art from Casper Weingard on this issue as well. And yeah, I just thought this was a fitting end to the run. I'm going to be getting in the Catwoman trades over the next week or two because I think it's a title that maybe doesn't get enough attention, you know, unless Batman's in it, which is DC's modus operandi, it seems, these days sometimes. But uh, if if Batman's not in it, that doesn't mean it's not a great story worth jumping into, seeing Gotham from a, from a different point of view. So yeah, fitting end to the run, and yeah, I'd highly recommend picking up the trades of Catwoman. So uh, I know it's not a title that you would normally be on, but, you know, I always, as we always say, follow creators. If you ever feel like dipping your toe in, I think Ram's run is definitely a good place to go to. Mm, definitely, uh, definitely a creator who I'd be more than happy to follow. Yeah, so Catwoman number thirty-eight, but out of the uh, the fire of DC and back into the back into the world of indie. So, what have we got up next? Uh, what we have is Newburn number two. Um, the uh, well, I suppose it's hard to define what it is yet, but. Uh, Chip Zdarsky uh, and Sean Phillips uh, on this, and uh, and it is kind of a, I guess another dark criminal story. Um, Zdarsky continues to 
drip feed. Actually, I said Sean Phillips. I meant Jacob Phillips, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, sorry, I'm getting father and son mixed up. Uh, Zdarsky continues to, to drip feed information about who the mysterious protagonist is, who Newburn is, this this uh, individual who has all these links to all the criminal stakeholders in the cities, uh, while he continues his high-risk job of investigating transgressions against those same organizations whilst trying to avoid a gang war. Uh, as said, it is a another Jacob Phillips joint like uh, like that Texas Blood, uh, and his art is absolutely critical in imparting information to the reader because the main character, Newburn himself, gives very little away, even to his new sidekick. Uh, really looking forward to every next issue of this, and it's it's something deeper masquerading as a as a as a crime or a mafia tale, and. Tonally, it would fit very well alongside Daredevil or something like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, you mentioned Daredevil, you mentioned Chip Zdarsky these days, so mm-hmm. maybe that's the the uh, crossover we're all waiting for, although, you know, just to date this pod slightly again, you know, there was the announcement this week that Mr. Zdarsky will be taking over Batman soon, so maybe it's going to be Batman meets Daredevil meets Newborn. I think I'd read that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Batman... Well, you can never go too far away without mentioning a Batman title. And as I say, I was very conflicted this week. There was three titles that were fine for my pick of the week title this week. And this was definitely one of them. Uh, this, of course, is Batman One Dark Knight number one. So this was this is a title I was looking forward to for ages. You know, it's written and drawn by Jock. So Jock, of course, is one of my favorite artists of all time. Loved his work for years, whether it was Batman, whether it was The Losers, whether it was Daredevil, whether it was Savage Wolverine, doesn't matter. The The man is just, he's got a very distinct style and I think he brings it every time. But he had never really written an awful lot and, you know, he was given the full reins here for a Batman title. And again, I have to go back to it. It's a sign of just how strong so many titles were this week that this Black Label number one is not my pick of the week. You know, this was an absolutely blistering first issue filled with dynamic action, phenomenal art. And what was cool about it was it was a very streamlined Batman story. You know, it was it can basically be summed up as Batman trying to aid the GCPD in transporting a criminal from one side of Gotham to the other. You know, again, this is Jock's debut as a writer on the Batman title, and the writing in this is every bit as good as the artwork. You know, the tension drips off of every page. We we have a, a supervillain called EMP who's being transferred but of course gangs have found out about the transfer written or determined to attack EMP is able to escape and as I'm sure you can work out from his name that spells trouble for Gotham as the city is plunged into a complete dark out hence uh, complete blackout I should say hence the title One Dark Night but yeah it's absolutely no surprise this title is absolutely gorgeous it's it's no secret I'm a long time fan and he knocks it out of the park here it's also a title that suits the Prestige Plus format. I know it's not what you want to hear, <laughs> but it really suits it here because it's very, very cinematic. You know, there's lots of double page spreads, you know, which are almost like a big widescreen cinematic image. Uh, again, there's high intensity action, hero shots for Batman, of course, and then big, massive, glorious citywide vistas. As I say, it's so cinematic that it really does, does suit the Prestige Plus format. So, um, the only bad thing to it is that because it's a Prestige Plus Black Label title and it's being written and drawn by the same guy, it's like an issue every three months. So even as we record this on the 1st of March, issue two is not out yet, unfortunately. But pick up issue one. Your wait for issue two won't be as long as my wait has been. Brilliant, brilliant <laughs> title though. 
So yeah, Batman One Dark Knight. I know you'll probably give it a go when it hits trade. I I, I don't see you breaking your single issue uh, Prestige Plus form yeah. anytime yeah. soon. Maybe, uh, that's that's maybe what I'll do. That's maybe what I'll do. Um, so moving from uh, DC to uh, to Marvel, I've got Avengers number fifty one. Um, everything here, particularly the characters, just look great with uh, Juan uh, Frigeri on art. Jason Arn's the writer, and he delivers on the promise that he made last month in the massive Avengers fifty legacy seven hundred and fifty, wasn't it? Uh, by taking things up a gear for the Avengers. It's a book that hasn't always gotten there, and he's keeping the like the tempo and the rhythm of this just very high throughout. If this is what we can expect moving forward with Avengers, then the Avengers series is an absolute must for Marvel fans. The two, the two big team books, uh, the big two team books, uh, you know, Avengers for Marvel and Justice League for DC have been, I would say more than a bit inconsistent over the past couple of years and i'm hopefully seeing that, that this trend has finished with avengers at least i know that the justice league is uh, is actually uh, going on hiatus um fairly shortly but uh avengers is continuing and i'm really hoping that that we've got over this this weird inconsistency and jason Aaron is 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 back on form for his for his writing it's a Story-wise, it's a good old-fashioned clash between good and evil, with the arrival of the multiversal masters of evil and the mystery of who the Avenger Prime, who has been sending an army of Deathlocks across the, the dimensions to aid the Avengers. And, uh, you know, the villainous fun of seeing who the alternate reality versions of the masters of evil are is just really cool. And this is linked very closely to the Avengers Forever title, uh, which is which is out as well. And uh, the first issue of that was fantastic also shaping up uh, up pretty well so uh, so more part of Jason Aaron and uh, fingers crossed for good things to come yeah I mean when you say it's linked to Avengers forever do you sort of have to read both of them to you know get the most out of the story or do, do they stay self-contained enough that you can pick up one and maybe not the other no they they, they they're self-contained uh, you could you could read Avengers one without without having to read that it had spun out of of Avengers 50 mm-hmm. Uh and the, the Avengers 50 storyline in 351 here, uh, well, 51 was the, the start of the storyline, but it was teased at the end of 50, uh, as, a, as a separate sort of a storyline, but it's also multiversal in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it shoots uh, Robbie Reyes, the Ghost Rider, who is the Avengers character who leads, uh, you know, the, who's the, the main protagonist of the Avengers Forever book. Uh, it shoots him into that book. So they're separate but connected. Okay, interesting, interesting. I mean, yeah, it's... It's another case of one of those uh, books that, yeah, Avengers, I've sort of flitted in and out of it a little bit. I remember jumping into it at the start simply because of the Jason Aaron factor and, you know, I've sort of drifted here and there with it. But uh, I read so much of his other stuff, I maybe should jump back into it. And I suppose this would be a good point more than others. Did you did you pick up Avengers 750? Uh, I did not, no. You should, you should. Um, it's a really good book. Um, the thing, thing sort of turned a corner a wee bit with, World War She-Hulk. That was a really interesting story, a uh, really cool story. A lot going on, and, and and started to get to the character stuff of of Avengers was better than than anything really that I think has gone has gone before it. Mm-hmm. Generally, you know, with regard to Orange running Avengers, but but yeah, be worth picking up uh, Avengers fifty and and fifty one for a look. Okay, interesting, interesting. I may know a store where I can do just that. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, we'll move away from Marvel and back to DC for my last honourable mention. And this was my second time having to move this from pick of the week. Although it's not like we don't pick this title as pick of the week nearly every time it's out. So, <laughs> but we're still talking about it, of course. Uh, this uh, next up is Nightwing eighty seven. So, written by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo is back on art for this one, having set out the last few issues as they were, you know, tan in the fear state. So. So yeah, we as I say, we had those few issues tying in the fear state, but we're now back to Nightwing's own narrative, and what an issue to return to it. 87 has been hyped for quite some time. You know, Bruno Redondo's been showing off teases of artwork, Tom Taylor's talked about the process and the idea behind it, and it was always billed as the one long continuous panel issue. You know, it could have been something of a gimmick and an idea that worked better maybe in the planning than the execution, but... We should really know not to doubt this creative team over anything at this point. <laughs> Nightwing 87 is a perfect issue for new readers. It is a perfect issue for fans of unique ideas. It is a perfect issue for long-time readers. It's pretty much just a perfect issue. It's a, it's a self-contained one-shot issue where basically, you know, it's as simple as it comes storytelling-wise. Some bad people kidnap Healy, Nightwing's dog, and Nightwing sets out to save them, aided along the way by Batgirl. You know, if you if you ever wanted to hand someone an issue of Tom Taylor and Redondo's run to sum up their style of storytelling, then for me, this is it. You know, it's fun. It's visually spectacular. There's tons of Easter eggs in the background. I mean, I even noticed at one point a little dig at Gil Simone. I know that Tom Taylor and Gil Simone have yeah. a very friendly rivalry on uh, on Twitter. You know, there's humor through it. There's quip dialogue the whole way through. There's fast-paced action. It's uplifting. It's heartwarming. The good guys win in the end. Just absolutely essential. Just a, a, an absolute joy of an issue. And it was such a joy of an issue. I've I've nearly finished a, a little plan in store for it because I, I'm about. I I did have to commit comic book murder, which I felt sorry about by you know ripping up two issues. But I've actually laid the entire thing out, laminated it, and I'm going to display it in the store because it is so so good uh, i love this mm-hmm. issue loved it yeah i also loved it also loved it uh, that uh i mean but yeah it's exactly that you you could pick this you could pick this series as you pick it the week every week it's released yeah you really really could i mean it's again it sticks in the throat a little bit but i have to say it, it's it's dc's best ongoing at the moment although maybe mr sadoshka will have something to say about that from issue one two five but well, that's in the future for now yeah uh, this nice. is very interesting because not having picked dark Batman One Dark Knight and uh, Nightwing 87 as your pick of the week. I am very interested to see what is coming up. Yeah, and it's not even a bat title. But yeah, so anyway, Nightwing 87. Again, if you just fancy one issue just to give Tom Taylor and Redondo's run a go, see what it's all about, see what all the hype is about, because we all keep talking about it you could do worse than picking this one up, which was issue 87. So, so yeah, that is our honourable mentions then for the 22nd of December. So we're going to move from there on to Picks of the Week. Beware, there will be a few more, maybe a few more heavier spoilers with Picks of the Week as we go into a little bit more detail. And uh, you may as well hit us up first. What is your Pick of the Week, 22nd of December? My Pick of the Week for that date <clears throat> is King Conan number one. And my choice this week is another Jason Aaron joint. Uh, as Jason Aaron and Mahmoud Azra return to the saga of the Barbarian in a new adventure that takes the story of the Sumerian further into the future than has ever been revealed in any media to date. Um, It's very entertaining, it's suitably brutal, and it's very much inspired by legendary creators Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith. 
Uh, we find Conan marooned on an island at the edge of the world, a place where maps haven't been charted in that part of the world yet, and it's seemingly very desolate. He's looking for shelter right when he's about to start a fire. Finds he's not alone as uh, the sorcerer, uh, who has appeared many times throughout the comic series and in other medium. Thoth Amon attacks with a snake dagger, looking to bleed out the former king. Skirmish occurs between the two, and uh, as death may be knocking, as life flashes before his eyes, and as memories of every triumph and tragedy replay in his mind. By the issue's end, right where Conan was set to strike the death blow to Thoth Amon, and an unusual dark magic takes over the island, awakening the dead bodies of every unlucky sailor or greedy pirate uh, ever sunk by the rocky outcrop. Uh, it's just fantastic stuff. But what is going on here? How has King Conan ended up on the island? Or is the island, in fact, death? Seems unlikely, given that Conan died and encountered Crom in the afterlife during the Conan the Barbary series. But still, um, Aaron and Azrar are back and at full power with dense plotting, you know, as much drawn from Jason Aaron's script as from Mamad Azrar's fantastic art. Um, and I'd imagine, uh, you know, the artist is enjoying turning his hand to an older stylized version of the Barbarian King. Um, I mean, this, this, in the same way as Jason Aaron finished his Thor run with King Thor, I wonder is, is this the end of, you know, is this going to be his end with, with King Conan? But uh, I certainly hope not. I mean, this, this story could easily be picked up in that same way as a crown to Jason Aaron's series or as a standalone series. But, you know, either way, pick it up. Uh, and also, I would highly recommend picking up the uh, the Life and Death of Conan trade paperback that precedes this because um, Jason Aaron's Conan is second to none. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was a, a late convert to the, the Jason Aaron Conan. It was one of those ones you and Roddy had both chatted about for a long, long time. Swords and Sandals, not normally my kind of thing, mm -hmm. but I, I adored that that 12-issue run by Jason Aaron. I thought it was then brilliantly picked up by Jim Zub after that. It was always close to the top of the pile for me when it was coming out. It was just good old-fashioned storytelling, you know, um, really imaginative, uh, suitably brutal, as you would, as you say, but always with a hint of sort of dark humor to it as well, mm. you know, and just, yeah. and just a really engaging character in Conan, you know, whatever point in his life that you were uh, you were meeting him at, so to speak. But, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this as well. I do wonder if this is sort of Jason Aaron's sort of goodbye to... To Conan in the same way he did with Thor, it, it, it seems like a nice crowning moment. Plus, you know he's mm. writing all these Avengers titles, so he needs to needs to free up his time. But at least Alan, now you know what is best in life. Well, this is as true. Conan would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is very true, and uh, hopefully this is the end of Jason Aaron doing. He can get back to doing Southern Bastards, given that he left us hanging all those years ago. Yeah, we were talking a wee bit about that at the weekend. Definitely, it's a long time since since I've heard that mentioned. It was. Uh, maybe we need to maybe we need to get onto the Twitter sphere and uh, remind Mister Aaron about it as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, King Conan number one. I I agree. I I love this issue as well, and yeah, brilliant brilliant artwork as well. These two just work together brilliantly. Uh, and and uh, if, if they're not doing if they're not continuing on Conan I'd love to see them work together on something in the on the future but uh, speaking of people that work together brilliantly what's your choice well so my pick of the week comes not from the dark and gloomy world of Gotham but of the four color bright blue world of Supergirl of all things it's uh, my pick of the week this week is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six and 
it may not be Batman, but it is Tom Keane. So maybe there's that for it. But uh, written by Tom Keane and uh, art by Bill Quee Everly. And, you know, I was talking about Nightwing being a beautifully drawn issue. We basically go from one beautifully drawn DC title written by Tom to another. And, again, given this issue was be able to keep both One Dark Knight and Nightwing off of the top spot, it really does give you clues to just how good this single issue is, but how phenomenal this series has been in general. You know, we've... Similar to previous issues, we've highlighted nearly every single issue of this so far. And this is a series that hit the ground running, but somehow still managed to raise the bar, I think, with every new installment. What's great about it is the the conception of it. You know, every issue of this title has been its own journey. Almost a confined one-shot, but it is all part of a brilliant connecting narrative. And and in that way, it actually reminds me quite a lot of Tom Keane's brilliant Superman miniseries, Up in the Sky, as well. With issue six, this this issue doesn't actually push the main story forward much, as a majority of the issue is actually spent in flashbacks and origin stories. You've got Kara and Ruth have finally encountered Krem and his cohorts, but the villain is prepared for their arrival. So he aims another uh, Mordu globe at Kara, having had previous really harrowing success in the issue prior by sending her across the universe. But Kara is also prepared, clearly. She's given Batman a call in between issues. And you thought I couldn't mention Batman. (laughs) Yeah, this time she has her own secret weapon, the Super Horse Comet, who can move even faster than a Kryptonian and might possibly be the only thing in the universe that can outrun magic itself. So so we have a ticking clock device in this issue, a race against time, and one of the best action scenes of the series, I think. And that in itself is no small feat, given how every issue has looked. But... It's also utilised here for Kane to reinvent Supergirl's origin a little bit, as only he can, in a really cool flashback to the last days of Krypton and beyond. It's an issue that actually had me cheering while reading it, you know, almost to the point it was an interactive comic. You can literally feel yourself willing, commenting Kara on, hoping they can foil a dastardly plan. You know, the setup is so simple, but just brilliantly, brilliantly executed by the creative team all around here. And we've said it, so many times before but it really can't be overstated just how beautiful this series is you know whatever bill quavely moves on to next will be straight onto my pull list and overall i I think in a weird way supergirl might seem like an odd character for this type of story from keen but in many ways it feels like she's always been waiting for this story to let her voice be truly heard much louder than shall we say her much more famous cousin uh six issues in the eight this is early contender for title of the year type stuff it is that good and you know i i love me some tom king stuff but this is up there amongst his best work i think um absolutely with you i've uh, i think i've been calling this tom king's best work since about issue two uh i absolutely love this series uh, i think it's the best of what what dc's putting out at the minute um it's the best of what tom king has put out and that's saying a lot uh, you know next to some of the stuff that's coming out at the minute, Human Target, you know, Rorschach just finished, you know, even as far back as Sheriff of Babylon, there's a lot to compare it to. But uh, yeah, this is fantastic. And as you say, Belkos Evely is is absolutely stunning as an artist. And Supergirl just has never been, has never just been written, I think, maybe as phenomenally as this. You know, and even the... The framing sequence, you know, that it's all told from the from the point of view of, of, of Ruthie, the alien girl that, that that Supergirl is escorting, it's 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 great. Yeah, that's it. I mean, in a in a weird way, Supergirl isn't even the main, you know, protagonist of her own title, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's certainly ha- not the point of view character. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just 
I mean, it's interesting. We're obviously I'm reviewing number six here, and we've now. Well, I know I'm fully up to date and have finished the series off now. I'm not sure where your readings at, but I mean, not it, quite yet. Eight issues in a way was perfect for it, but I still can't help but feel slight regret that all of Tom Taylor or sorry, all of Tom Keen's series are twelve issues long, except this one, and it's really annoying. <laughs> Give us four more maybe, issues. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe that's one of the reasons. It's 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 so tightly plotted and. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. Some, I think yeah, there's something. There's not a lot of room to. There's not a lot of room to get lost. Yeah, there's there's something to be said for that. You know, there's there's absolutely no fat. There's not one ounce of fat on this issue, or on this title in general. You know, everything that there is there for a reason, and I am delighted to say it wraps up as uh, as satisfyingly as you would expect. So uh, yeah, when this hits trade or hardcover or whatever comes out on first, do not hesitate if you haven't jumped on it. You know that this is exactly the kind of title that proves our ethos in the store of following creators because Supergirl in general is not really a character I'm not interested in. I'm not even that massively interested in Big Blue, let alone, you know, his cousin. But when you get the right creators on these types of things, they just, you know, excuse the ridiculously bad pun, but these titles just soar. They're just really <laughs> something special and this is something special. Um this could even turn into like a definitive go to Supergirl book for, for years to come. So um, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So yeah. Again, it tells you how special it is when it beats Nightwing and Batman One Dark Knight. If it beats Tom Taylor and Jock, that's how good it is. So, uh, yeah, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six was my pick of the week from 22nd of December 2021. So that pretty much brings us to an end of the 22nd of December. We are going to take a quick break, but you can check back in with us very, very soon as we go through the 29th of December and there were some good titles here as well. So thanks for listening. Is there any titles uh, interest you of any kind? Just get in touch with the store and we'll get you, we'll get you set up. But thanks again for listening, guys, and uh, hope to check back with you soon. So I've been Alan Taylor and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes and on Twitter where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1 and I'm Ascanison00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop and community hub in Northern Ireland based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.